The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Welcome to the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD online at WFMD.com. And, yep, we're on the Blowtorch 99.9 FM HD2. So you got to have one of those fancy radios. I don't know if those are popular or not anymore, but uh, there used to be the upscale cars that all have the HD2 radios in them. So if you have an upscale car, good for you. <laughs> I'm Troy Skinner. This is the Faith Debate. I'm joined, as always, by Imran Razvi and Daniel Razvi, and we're absent one. Our best-looking member of the cast, uh, David Forsey, or at least our deepest voice member of yes. the cast, that's for sure. I'm not sure who's the best-looking. I think the three of us all got an equal shot at that one. <laughs> I think we can make a run for our money. So, uh, we're not. before we jump into what was the scheduled topic for today, we're going to uh, put some lo- tie up some loose ends from last week's show. So, if you're listening to this as a podcast, some people I know will sometimes listen to... Uh, we record these shows in arcs. People who have been listening for 17 years plus now understand that's what we do. Have a tendency to do the same general topic for three, four, five shows in a row. And so I know some people that like to listen in rapid succession. They wait till an arc is over and they'll listen to three, four, five shows in a row. So for you, this is a seamless transition. Last week we were talking about the, um, uh, the phrase, let's go, Brandon. Uh, it's become very popular, a lot of songs, all that sort of stuff. And uh, somebody uh, infamously said it actually to Joe Biden on a Skype call or something like that. Right. Uh, he ended the call with, let's go, Brandon. And the president said, that's right, I agree. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <And> clearly, he's <laughs> out to lunch on what that means. <laughs> so that's interesting. But anyway, it's been brought up by some people that I know saying, man, do you, should Christians really be saying that or not? And so I posed it to you guys. And, and uh, Imran quickly said, yeah, absolutely not. Christians should not say that. Uh, Daniel didn't get there as quickly, but kind of ended in the same place. He kind of explained his reasoning for why he was saying Christians shouldn't say it. And so I want to give a, and to be honest, I'm a little ambivalent about it. So I'm not saying that it's absolutely the best thing in the world for Christians to do, but I'm not really hardcore against it either. So I might be able to be a a voice for those who feel like they need to have their voice represented in this room. So here are some thoughts. One, it's not the actual original phrase that was being chanted, you know, the, the F Joe Biden chant. Uh, It's a euphemism. And we use lots of euphemisms for what would otherwise be considered coarse, inappropriate and polite company kinds of phrases. And so um, I think it's much preferred to have a euphemism than the coarse, crass language, particularly as, you know, as a parent who once had little kids, I'd much rather they hear let's go Brandon than hear, you know, the original phrase because it's easier to navigate that as a parent. So there's that. The other thing is I think that the whole phrase, it's not just a replace – at least this is, this is why I'm a little bit unsure of exactly where I want to stand on this. It's not just a replacement for the F-bomb you know, uh, followed by the president's name. It's more complex than that because the way that it all began to become popular was at the NASCAR event when the racer had just won a race and the fans were chanting – um, the original version of the phrase, can't say it on the radio, uh, nor would I really want to say it anyway, but can't say it on the radio. But you know what? I think if you're listening to a station like this, you know what I'm talking about. They chanted it, and the reporter on the scene, she's hearing what they're saying, and then she misrepresents that and say, oh, listen, they're saying, let's go, Brandon. And so I think this let's go, Brandon thing, this phenomenon, became a phenomenon, one, because it was a way to have a euphemism for saying you're dissatisfied with the way the president's doing his job. 
And it's also a way to call out the media for lying about how things in reality are happening. So it's a twofer. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it that way, when you're calling out the media and you're calling out the president and you're calling out your dissatisfaction with life in general and you don't want to uh, use a curse word, plus a good way to try to diffuse totalitarian mindsets is to try to ridicule and mock them with humor. And this is a way to do that. It's a very complex way. So if we're not going to say it, and I'm not saying that we should. I, I, I'm, I mean, I've said it on this show in this context because it's not an FCC violation. And in this context, I don't think it's, it's an issue. Um, some people could disagree with that, I suppose, too. But if we're not going to say that, what would be an alternative? What would be an acceptable alternative? What would be a way to, to mock and ridicule the tyrants if you believe that they're tyrants in our world. Or should we be, or should we be mocking and ridiculing? Or should we rather use um, more eloquent speech? Well, what would be the biblical basis for that? Well, there's a certain amount of respect and honor for anybody in a position of authority. Now, God puts people in position and takes them out of position. He raises up people and, and tears down people according to his will. And whenever somebody is in position, just like Saul was anointed by God, David was then anointed, but he would never lift a hand against Saul. He would never say anything bad against Saul, even though Saul was trying to kill him. He would never fight against Saul. He would not even defend himself. He would run away, but he would not do anything against Saul, God's anointed. And whether you believe Biden is God's anointed or not, he is in a power, a position of power, and no one can be in a position of power without God's authority. And when God tears him down, that's one thing. But while he's there, is it our job to be that way? And one thing you were saying earlier, uh, the same euphemism, I don't even say OMG because it's the same thing as taking God's name in vain. And so that's the same reason I wouldn't say let's go Brandon because that's what that means is, is something else. Uh, so but the F word is merely crass language. It's not taking the Lord's name in vain, right? And, that, mm -hmm. and that's a good point. And to, to argue the other side for a minute – Jesus used some pretty harsh curse words. Among I mean, the political went, leadership of his among day. Among political leadership, he <laughs> went to the Pharisees and he said, you of brood of vipers. So basically he said, you son of a snake. Now we have another phrase in English, <laughs> which I'm not going to say on the radio either. <laughs> and I don't say it in Something that dog breeders use, right? They, yes. use, they use that word in, in dog you know, breeding. People, people say, say that you're the offspring of, of a female dog and... You know, I'd be hard pressed to find a really clear difference between that and what Jesus said. I think you son is. of a snake. Jesus but, was actually saying you son of Satan. The snake was uh, in well, brood of vipers in general. Uh, I don't know. That's that's. It's 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 a it, it clashes with the image that people have in their head of Jesus. Oh, Jesus is all love and all gentleness and all kindness. And, and he was all of that, but he was also the guy who went and braided a whip, so premeditated, yeah. and beat up a whole bunch of people and threw them out of the temple and, and so on. I mean, there, there's a lot more, um, shall we say, traditional masculinity, manliness in Jesus than, than what you know, the culture is, uh, today is, is saying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I, I want to have, you know, since... Maybe because I'm not exactly sure where I want to land on this, I want to have you know a measure of grace for those that would disagree. Um, because on the things for which I don't think there's any room for disagreement, I'm not going to give them the grace. But in this case, I could point to examples. I mean, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, you know, 
if you look at it in, 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 the, in the actual Greek, he's basically telling somebody to go cut off their you-know-whats. You know what I mean? That's pretty direct, crass kind of imagery and language that he uses. In the Old Testament, where there's, there, uh, you don't see it in the English translation so much, but if you understand the euphemisms and the idioms of, of the day, uh, it's basically the same kind of language in the Old Testament where we read it in the English and it's about something about you know, your, your leg um, you know, something bad's going to happen to your leg. Yeah, we're talking about a certain kind of leg, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, <laughs> or I will, uh, I will, I will kill all the males. Well, the Hebrew doesn't say males. It describes the difference between males and females and how they go to the bathroom and so on. And so yeah. there are some. And as far as mocking language, I mean, uh, among the ruling class of the day in the Old Testament would have been the uh, the, the false prophets and priests of of the day. Um, had the ear of the king and all that. And Elijah goes way out of his way to mock and ridicule uh, the, the priests of Baal. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So, if, Well, if, the priests of Baal were not the position of authority. They weren't uh, the authority there. They were priests of a false god. There's a difference. And I think you can make a real good point of mocking or tearing down authority if God calls you to that. But I would say the masses are not called to that. And this is the one and only country that I know of that actually in the Constitution, it gives us the right to tear down the government if the government becomes offensive. And uh, so in this situation, I guess you could pardon that and say, yes, we're acting within the authority that uh, this Constitution was there. But even then, I tend to err on the side of let's stay away from crass language. If you're educated enough, you can find other language to say what you want to say without having to be crass. And that just brings that crassness to mind when you say it, even in, in the non-crass words of Let's Go Brandon, what comes to mind? That, that's what comes to mind. Yeah, I, I, yeah okay, but again, I, the part that makes it a more com- complex, I think, is I, I think for me, to be honest, the first thing that comes to mind is the image of that reporter misrepresenting the truth. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, rather than the crassness of, of the language. And to be honest, I don't know if I haven't thought this through, this is on the fly in response to our conversation here. But I think I'm far more comfortable with somebody using the S word or dropping an F bomb or using the B word that we didn't want to say earlier. I'd much rather hear that than hear the Lord's name taken in vain. Absolutely. So, you know, and I'm guilty of, you know, of, of all of it at some point in my life, you know. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, throwing rocks uh, living in a, in a glass house. Uh, but I, st- still, that being the case... I would rather – you know, watching a TV show or a movie, like it doesn't get any sort of a negative rating held against it if it takes the Lord's name in vain. Right. But it will get a negative rating against it if it uses you know, the F word or an S word or something like that. And so we've got that inside out in our culture. But That's true. Anyway, well, we took up probably a little more time on that than I wanted to. But I, thought, I, think, it's, I think that's helpful. And so here's a pastoral takeaway at least. And if you can add to this, you can, this doesn't have to be the last word on it. At the very least, if you've been using that phrase, maybe now for the first time you're hearing that maybe you shouldn't be, and you need to examine your own heart and your own habits on that and decide whether or not you feel, um, as you understand God's word and your conscience before God with a biblically informed worldview, whether you should be saying that or not. And you might be of a mind to say, oh, I should say it all the more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, at least now you've, you've heard some talk about it. Maybe that's helpful to you. And that's one of the roles right. this show is supposed to be doing for this community. We do it better some weeks than others, I know. Maybe you replace that phrase with pray for Biden. Yeah. Maybe you mean the same thing, pray for Biden. Yeah. That's not anywhere near as funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that is part of it. Humor, you know, I think we've got this really bad stick figure 
you know, mannequin view of who God and what Jesus was like as he walked the earth, you know, 2,000 years ago, that he had no sense of humor. I have a feeling he was probably a pretty fun, funny guy, right? He had the fullness of, of, a, of a perfectly formed personality. I, think, I can't imagine that humor wouldn't be part of that. But one of the things is, does humor have to put somebody down to be humorous? Oh, no. But in this case, you're trying to point out that the guy who has been put in authority, I would agree with you, been placed in, nobody's in authority without God putting them there. But because God has placed him in authority, he's responsible to God. And from a biblical point of view, he is failing miserably living up to that. And in this country, particularly where it's a government of the people, it's people's job to hold their elected officials, wink, wink, uh, to account. Yeah, that's what when Ahab came to Elijah and he said, oh, are you the one that's troubling Israel? He said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, you've been causing all these problems. He says it to Ahab's face. So, but he also is not, not using crass language in that, in that uh, scenario. Yeah. He's speaking more eloquently. And I think you can be classy about it. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's transition a little bit. And if we don't have time to finish some of these thoughts today, we'll carry them over into uh, our next week's show. So we want to talk today about um, the loss of a desire for truth. You know, we like to say, oh, everybody desires... No thing is objective truth. Don't everybody you know desires a truth. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It, it, it was a truism. Everybody wants to know the truth. They say. But that truism doesn't really feel all that true anymore. There's a loss for the desire of truth. And some examples that, that, that I thought of that would help to exemplify this. And different people on different sides of the fence are going to respond differently to some of the things I'm going to throw out. I get that. But take the frontline doctors as an example. Their whole goal is to say, look, we're medical professionals. We're dealing with people who are sick on the front lines. Here's what we've seen. Here's what we understand to be the truth. These are the ways we should be approaching this. And instead of hearing them out, having a debate, having a respectful dialogue back and forth, maybe even mocking them with some let's go Brandon phrases if you want. Let's go uh, frontline doctors or whatever. Instead of that, we're getting them canceled and shut down. We just don't want to hear it. We don't care. Maybe you have the truth, maybe you don't. But even if you have the truth, we don't want to hear it. They get shut down. The social media, you know, fact checkers, which some people are uh, calling fact blockers, uh, are, are getting in the way of, of the free exchange of ideas. I mean, Dr. Robert Malone got canceled on Twitter. Um, you know, he's one of the guys that was involved in the invention of the whole MRN, uh, mRNA technology that's behind uh, most of the shots. And he's now saying things that has people concerned and so they're shutting him down so they don't want that truth. Parler, a social media platform, got shut down. Um, you know, people are fleeing Google, uh, Google and going to uh, platforms like DuckDuckGo to do their search engine uh, stuff because there's less censorship there. Uh, I'll, I'll pause there for now. I mean, there, those are some examples of people in the mainstream not wanting the truth. How can we try to encourage people to be like, hey, it's okay to have the truth. In fact, you want the truth. How, how, do we incur, how do we get back to that? You can't handle the truth. Yeah, Remember that movie? I do. A Few Good Men. Fame, uh, probably so, my favorite Tom Cruise movie of all time. I, I think the leadership and the people that are, in, uh, that are very, very wealthy in controlling the media don't believe the public can handle the truth. And so they only want them to have the truth according to their will. And this country where it used to be, where the ACLU would fight to the death for anybody's right to speak. They may disagree, but they had a right to speak. Now they're saying, oh, I'm glad so-and-so got canceled. Like, uh, Representative Green just got canceled on uh, um, Twitter, yeah, I think. Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And, and ACLU came out, it should have been done earlier. 
Uh, Why? How, how is that? I thought ACLU. They canceled Donald Trump. Exactly. So when he was the pre- while he was president. So so that's a different subject. <laughs> Think matter. what you want. He was talk about respect to the office. Absolutely. Out loud, right? Yeah. So that's a different topic altogether, which I think is. Could you imagine if they fired shameful. FDR's fireside chats? Could you imagine? <laughs> well, we just won't print the fireside chats anymore. You know, we yeah, the radio we'll stations won't carry them anymore. Not allowed. Or even updates on World War II. We're not going to carry that anymore because it's not true. We're just not allowed to be on the. And some of it, I think, I agree with you that there could be a they can't handle the truth, and we're we're not going to trust the the mud people to, to handle the truth. That the peons. Could be, yeah, that could be part of it. And but some of it is it's it's not that as they're trying to orchestrate what the truth is, right? Like the whole what's causing climate change, if it's even like an important thing or not. Are we all going to be dead in twenty thirty? Because that was the projection. You or is know, twenty forty or is it twenty? No, I died in twenty fifteen when uh, you know. Um, Al Gore, who invented the internet, uh, said that we're all going to be dead by 2015, wasn't it? Yeah, well, if you want to go back, I mean, I'm old enough to know. I mean, there was going to be, um, the world was going to end because of an ice age. That was the, the right. big thing back in the so 70s. Cool. And then by the 80s, it was we're all going to die because the earth was going to burn up. Then by the 90s, they were kind of back to an ice age. And then we got into 2000s. Now it's just climate change. Like, so if we get an ice age or the earth burns up, they're right in either case. Mm-hmm. And that drives, that drives an agenda that's political. But po- politics, you know... We, I'll be careful how we phrase this, I guess, so that we can stay on tact, with, on, on point with the faith debate. But your religious worldview affects all of life. The Bible addresses right. everything, your finances, your marriage, your sex life. It, it, it addresses everything, including your politics. And so if God's got the truth about what politics should be, and those who are the enemies of God and his truth have their politics, and those who you know, would disagree with some people on the on the leftist globalist kind of agenda. They're using the global climate change to instill fear and go for like the everything's got to be green, the Green New Deal, the, even if it doesn't make any sense. So it's not just they can't handle the truth. They want to control and kind of indoctrinate you into what they want you to think the truth is. Yeah. Don't so you think? I think I think there's there, I want to look at it from a little bit different angle, from the people that are reading the news or watching the news or listening to uh, you know, news and truth and trying to find and discern what is true. There's a few different ways I've seen people handle their, uh, what they see on the media. Number one is just a very surface level. Hey, turn on the TV, and nine out of, nine out of ten channels are more left-leaning, so turn on the TV, heard a left-leaning topic, a talking point. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Okay, great. Next, next thing. And just go on with your day. And meanwhile, these things are sifting into your head. So that's one level. And then there, there's a deeper level. And you have some more liberal and more conservative, politically speaking, people that do go on a deeper level. And they recognize that most people in the media have some sort of bias, whether they're left or right or whatever. And they'll look at different sources and try to discern what, what they think is, is correct based on that. Or they'll favor certain channels just because they think they're more truthful. And then you have... This, the cynical-minded people who really are of the opinion that it's impossible to know the truth anymore. And I'm, I'm talking about Christians. I, I see this. I, I know a bunch of people that, that are this way. These are Christians who believe in absolute truth and also believe that there's absolutely nothing you can do to figure out what the truth is because everything is so unreliable on the left and the right. In the uh, you know news media, in any, any sort of way that you could get facts and information. And so what do you say to those people? How do you discern what is really true if everybody's a liar? If you can, you know, I've, you've been recording me long enough, you can probably take my words and mix them up with some kind of fancy software and make me say whatever you want me to say. And I can spout all sorts of blasphemy to you from your computer now. 
because you have enough recording of me. So we have the technology to do all of that. How do you know what's, what's really true anymore? What, how do you discern as a Christian? Yeah. That's why it's so important that the churches not stop meeting, but that, that the leaders in the church do lead, do point people to the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ. Right. The truth is found in God's word, you know, and... Uh, so instead of, you can't handle the truth, is, what is the truth? And the problem is, most of the church leaders, it's the corruption from within. They have been corrupted by their seminaries. They've been corrupted by their, their, their leadership of churches, of uh, panels of uh, advisors to, to pastors. It's, it's corrupt from within. The enemy within uh, is, is there, and they will not tell the truth. And, and as Daniel said, most of the people that I know that have really focused on Christ and Christ-centered have really become cynical of knowing that the, the truth cannot be found in today's media. And today, even in today, today's mainline churches, you cannot find the truth. They're not going to stand up for the truth. So really... Not just the mainlines anymore. Yeah, even the smaller yeah. ones. Even the ones that have a reputation for being biblically faithful... In the and, last half a dozen years, that reputation has gotten to be unreliable. And that's why the home church movement is so important, where you can actually challenge somebody when somebody says something. Challenge it. Let's go to the Bible, find out what the Bible says, and discern what, it, what what's going on there. Yeah. You were going to say something, Daniel? No, I was just commenting on what you said. The, the, even, what, even the less mainstream, the more conservative churches have, and again, conservative as in a traditional-minded uh, you know, the church, they've, they've fallen off. I, I mean, the Southern Baptist Convention... <laughs> voted to adopt critical race theory and to, and to believe that just, you know, uh, fairly recently here. And that's, that's unheard of for a, you know, a, a, a tra- traditional fun, uh, fundamental Christian organization. And because it's so hard to find any sort of trustworthy source anymore, uh, pretty much all of the big sources are compromised at this point, right? And I'm not right. talking about just CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS. I'm also talking about Fox News, Newsmax. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they're all compromised at this point. So where do you go? And so then you've got to try to suss out places that seem to be consistently uh, sharing what aligns with a biblical worldview. And then you, you start to grow to trust them a little bit. And then you start to compare them with other people that you've grown to trust a little bit. You start to multitask and you take in a half a dozen or more sources of reasonably trustworthy people, comparing and contrasting, and then trying to navigate through that. Through, okay, based on all of that, this is probably what the truth is. The other thing I've been trying to do like crazy, but it's harder and harder because now we're not getting even true raw data. But I used to try to go back to like, the core, you know, what is the actual data as best as you can trust that? Uh, and then if somebody's not saying something in alignment with that data, either they know something about that data I don't, and I need to find out what they know that I don't, or they're just not informed because they're not echoing the data. I mean, how many times have we heard the argument about the, the guns and, you know, gun violence is caused by, you know, uh, skinheads or alt, alt-right wackos or... Um, no, by the guns themselves. The guns themselves, you know. Well, if you ask uh, the Baldwin family, they, they, they think that actually, I guess, is what happens. But, uh, mm. um, yeah, and, but you look at the data and it, the actual data itself doesn't support the arguments that they make about the guns. And yet, but it's not about the facts. See, that's the problem we're having. It's not about the truth. It's about the emotion. Yes. Right. right? You're not going to win an argument with an emotional person and, and I think, using facts. I think it's our responsibility as Christians to really dig deep and filter everything through the Bible. If it's contradicting the Bible, then obviously it's not true. Um, but it's not a new thing. I mean, if you look at when the country started, there, was a, there were a lot of extremely opposing newspapers that would clash their headlines against each other. People were just well-informed and could 
use critical thinking to find out what the truth actually was. Yeah, because they didn't have, uh, you know, uh, government-funded pagan schools back then. Yep. All right. Anyway, that'll be the last ba-dump-bump word of the day for today. Uh, this is the Faith Debate. Thank you, uh, Daniel and Imran Razvi. I'm Troy Skinner. This is the Faith Debate. Find us online, householdoffaithinchrist.com, and, of course, wfmd.com. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from right about now. God bless. <laughs>